Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 13th of December 2015, entitled Living a Life of Faith. And the Bible reading is taken from James chapter 4, verses 1 to 17. Here's Brother Daniel Alexandru. I pray God will uh, bless each and every one of us this morning. We came to the house of the Lord, not to uh, take our flesh, but to praise the Lord and worship Him and glorify His name. And also to hear His voice this morning. We all need to hear God's voice. Uh, if you remember in the garden several thousands of years ago, uh, God uh, would come down and walk and have fellowship with Adam and they would talk. And uh, surely Adam needed that talk. And as uh, him says, uh, we all need a little talk to Jesus. And probably we need more than just a little talk with Jesus. We need a continuous talk with Jesus. Amen. I'd like uh, for us to open the Bible to book of James, chapter 4. And if you would, uh, please, let's honor the Word of God, the reading of the Word of God standing. Uh, James chapter 4, starting with verse 1 through the end. Not too many verses, only 17. <coughs> I had the lady in my church one time in Romania. I wasn't in the church service uh, that particular moment, but after I came back, I heard that she stood up and started reading Psalm 119. And the people were just like, is she going to read the whole psalm, 150 verses? or? <laughs> but she stopped, you know. <laughs> she wanted to praise the Lord reading the Bible in the midst of uh, the believers. Okay, James chapter 4, verse 1. From hence come wars and fightings among you. Come they not hence, even of your lust that war in your members... Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts, ye adulterers and adulterousness, adulteresses. Know ye not that friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the Scripture saith in vain, The Spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judgest another? Go to now, 
he that say, Today or tomorrow will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that he ought to say, If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day. This is your Lord's Day, and uh, we've come here together as a church to uh, praise your name, to glorify your name, and be thankful, Lord, for your salvation. And Lord... I pray that uh, you'll touch each and every one heart with the Holy Spirit through your word that will be preached this morning. And Lord, we just want more people to be saved. And we just want the Christians here to learn more about you and learn more about your ways. And Lord, as James says, help us to do your will, not our will. Your will is always the best. And Lord, we thank you for what you have in store for us today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Be seated, please. If you read the book of James, James is the one who teaches us about the good, the right things we need to do and we need to say. Then, again, James teaches us how to have joy in trials. Usually, when we go through troubles and trials, we don't see any joy. But James is the one that teaches us how to be content in the midst of trials. And Paul has a complete gospel, not gospel, letter that deals with happiness. So if we want to be happy in the troubles, we can be happy. We can, we can be joyful. The Bible has plenty of scriptures for us. All we need to do is read the Bible. Read the Bible and believe the Bible. We shouldn't just read the Bible. But this is the first step. The first step is... Open the Bible and read the Word of God. Because God has always something for us in the Bible. And if we want to live according to His will, we better open the Bible and read the Bible. Yesterday we were in the nursing home and while I was preaching, a lady mentions Joseph Smith. He is the founder of the Mormon church. And I didn't want to fight, argue with her while I was preaching, but I said, it's all about Jesus here. It's Jesus. He came. Jesus came to seek and to save. It's not Joseph Smith, no Mohammed. It's Jesus. Emmanuel. The Bible calls him Emmanuel, God with us. So he came down to this earth to die for us. 
And if he found pleasure in doing that, how much more can learn from him and find pleasure in following in his footsteps, in doing his will, not our will. And James, again, is the one that teaches us how to pray and to confess our sins. We are still sinners. Even if we have Jesus as our Savior and Lord, we still sin. We still live in this uh, sinful flesh and uh, we are tempted. But at the same time, we have God's help. We have the Holy Spirit. There is something that lives in us that this world doesn't have. And that something is a person. It's the Holy Spirit. He lives within us, and we have His help at our disposal. All we need to do, Jesus says, ask, and this shall be given unto you. And then, in the same book, James teaches us to live peace, peaceably and righteously. And we are here in chapter 4 today. And the title of my message is Walking by Faith in the Future. Walking by Faith in the Future. If we want to walk by faith, we need to mature. If we take a look at a baby, a baby doesn't walk. A baby crawls. And before he is able to crawl, he just stays in his mother's arms. Yes, God's plan for you and me is to be saved. And if you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you ask Him to forgive your sins and place your trust for everlasting life and forgiveness of sin, in Jesus, He saved you. And you are like a baby, but He has a complete plan, a complete purpose for you and me. Not only to be a baby in the Lord, but to mature. And book of James is a, a book that tells us how to mature. And He gives us examples. And here in this chapter, we see a parallel. We see a comparison between a life that is not Rooted in Jesus and a life that is rooted in Jesus Christ. Yes, we need to mature. God wants us to mature. He, he wants us to walk, not to crawl. Walk in faith. By faith. And let me tell you something. We have a bright future. Even if we don't know it. If we, even if we don't see it. The Bible says that our future is with Him. We have everlasting life. No flames of the lake of fire, but the golden streets in heaven. The tree of life waiting for the children of God to enjoy for eternity. Yes, the Bible talks about rewards in heaven. And if we want... To receive those rewards, we need to go by God's plan and mature and walk by faith. James is the one that 
tells us we must be not only listeners, but doers. We need to be doers. So many times we see Christians just listening. They come to the house of the Lord. They hardly open the Bible to find out God's plan for them. And they just listen. And when they, once they left the, the house of the Lord, they're on their own. They don't care about God. They don't care about His plan anymore. And, they, and all they do is uh, do it yourself. In other words, there are Christians today, and sad to say there are lots of Christians today that live their life for themselves, not for the Lord. They live their life because they think they know it all. And they don't need any instructions. They don't need any warnings. They don't need anything because they know it all. James warned the early believers and God continues warning us Christians today through his book. We need to realize that we are a peculiar people. We are different than the world. How do we show our difference if we act like them, if we talk like them, if we dress like them? How do we show we are peculiar people? If we do everything for ourselves, how do we show that we are different than the rest of the world? You know, there are two families, the family of God and the family of the devil. So if we are in the family of God, we are peculiar people. We are special. God took us from that place and he placed us in his family through his grace. But here, many times, as we will see later in this chapter... Christians act like pagans. Christians act like heathens. Whereas we should be always growing. Always in the process of becoming more and more like Jesus. Looking more and more like Jesus. Sounding more and more like Jesus. James says that an Immature Christian has uncontrolled or unbridled emotions, thoughts, and tongue, which cause contention, strife, and trouble. That's why God doesn't want us to stay immature. He wants us to grow, to become mature, so we can control our emotions. We can control our tongue. We can control our thoughts. First verse says, Whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? There is a war going on inside of us, in our members, James says. 
And he lust and have not, he kill and desire to have, and cannot obtain. He fight and war, yet he have not, because he ask not. He ask and receive not, because he ask amiss, that he may consume it upon your lust. This is a Christian that lives his or her life. For themselves. According to the last. Is this a good lifestyle to follow? Those who live in this do-it-yourself lifestyle. Are they doing the right thing? Are they following the, the correct, the right lifestyle? The Bible says no. In verse 13, Go to now, he that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year, and buy and sell and get again. Immature Christians, they boast and brag about their own plans. We like to make plans. And we usually think that my plan is the best. <laughs> my plan is better than his plan. My plan is better than her plan. My plan is it. Nothing better than that. This is a life that proves they are not depending on God, but depending on themselves. I no, what's best for my life. But let me tell you something. I don't know what's best for my life. God knows what's best for my life. And God knows what's best for your life. An immature Christian doesn't depend on God. An immature Christian depends on him or on her. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, verse 1, Proverbs, the book of wisdom, in Sunday school um, they are teaching this book of wisdom. And Proverbs chapter 27, verse 1 says, Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what the day may bring forth. Whose is tomorrow? Is it yours? Is it mine? It's God's. He's the owner. <laughs> There's no time frame for God, but for us, yes, it is. We talk about yesterday, t today, and tomorrow. But, yeah, even if we lived yesterday and we are living now, we don't know anything about tomorrow. We don't know anything about an hour later or a minute later but God knows everything and those who still live a, an immature lifestyle they boast themselves and they leave God out of their plans and these plans could be finances business career schedule whatever 
In Romania, sometimes you know, I would ask people, what are you going to do this coming Sunday? Are you coming to church? And they would say, they, they want to look spiritual. God knows. If I have time, I will come. If I don't, I will not. I mean, is God in your plans? Is God somewhere there in your schedule? Did you, did you schedule anything according God's will? Because God's will is for us to come to the house of the Lord, to, to gather together and praise His name. So we shouldn't say, um, maybe, or uh, if I have time, I will come. Uh, we should say, like the Bible says, Whatever God says, I need to do, I will do. Did God say, come to the house of the Lord? Yes, He did. So, I will come. And if I cannot come, I will not come because I'm bound to a bed in hospital or I'm dead and I'm with the Lord. <laughs> and I don't need the house of the Lord anymore. Or, you know, some accident happened and... Somebody had to carry me to hospital or, or somewhere else. But as far as I know, my plans are in God's hands. And God is in the center of my plans, of my schedule. But an immature Christian would not find time to ask the Lord and see what the Lord has to say. Concerning his schedule. Then the second thing about this lifestyle of a, an immature Christian. Or as I said earlier, I called it do-it-yourself lifestyle. Everything for yourself. We need to guard against this lifestyle. I said earlier, this lifestyle is not good. Because the Bible warns us about that. But we need to guard against that lifestyle. It is dangerous. And let me tell you something. We need to invest something in order to become mature. And not live a do-it-yourself lifestyle. Something for yourself. We need to be diligent. The Bible says here in James chapter 4... In verse 14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time. And then vanisheth away. We don't know anything about tomorrow. God knows everything about tomorrow. And God is in control. God has everything under control. Even when we're going through trials and troubles, Jesus says, fear not. And the mature Christian will fear not because he knows God is in control. God has everything under control. Even the storm that is in my life. Even the hard situation I'm going through. God has everything under his control. A mature Christian will 
stand still. Do you remember when the disciples were on that boat and Jesus was sleeping on the bottom? And they all were anxious. They didn't know what to do because there was a storm going on there. And they wake Jesus and say, Jesus, wake up. Don't you know we are going through a storm? And Jesus says, what's wrong with you? And then he, he talks to the wind and the sea and says, be calm. And everything calmed down. With Jesus, everything is calm. Because he has everything under his control. Even tomorrow. We are just a vapor, the Bible says. And we don't know what will be tomorrow like, but he knows. That's a comfort. A mature Christian we stay calm. We stay under God's arm, under His wing, and rejoice in the Lord. That's what the Bible says. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, trouble, fear. <laughs> no, and says, and again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice. Our life is precious. God gave us eternal life. We count for God. We are special for God. That's why God sent Jesus Christ to die for us. Because we are special. You are special even if you are not saved today. Here. You are special. And God sent Jesus Christ for you. To die for you. So you can have eternal life. If your life will not. Special for him. He, he had not sent Jesus Christ for you. But you are special. And if your life is precious. And you see it. The way God sees it. You should make your life count for God. So don't trust in yourself. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. In any moment of your life. If we go back to the book of Psalms. The psalmist here in Psalm number 78. Verse 39. Says. For he remembered that they were but flesh. A wind that passeth away. And cometh not again. A wind that passeth away. And cometh not again. We're in a nursing home. We actually went to two nursing homes, you know, caroling yesterday, and we were in one, and an elderly lady said, I don't know how this, all these years have passed by. She was probably in her 80s, I don't know. 80 years have passed by. I know your age, but I can say, you know, for me, 40 some years have passed by. I don't even realize how this thing happened. <laughs> it happened with me. <laughs> but you see, we think, immature Christians think that they can do whatever they want. They are saved and they will go to heaven. And here on this earth, they can do whatever they want. And 
the results or the outcome or the effects won't be upon them. It's like they can do anything they want without paying any consequences, but it's wrong. It's false because, you see, we pass through this life and even if we don't realize how many years have gone by, you know, they have, these years have left something on our face, <laughs> on our bodies, a mark. So, Galatians chapter 6 says that whatever we sow, if we sow something, we'll reap accordingly. So, we cannot play around. We cannot play Christians. We cannot stay mature. We have to grow. We, we have to mature. We have to realize that our answer is Jesus Christ. And He is our aim. He, he is our goal. We should grow in our spiritual life. And put aside all these immature things that we see here in the Bible. We, we should put off, put away this Fleshly living. And do what James says in verse 8. Draw nigh to God. And do what James says in verse 7. Submit yourself therefore to God. An immature Christian is a Christian that is not submitted to God. Oh yes, lots of Christians say, I have God in my heart. And I'm glad if they do. <laughs> Because if they do, they are saved. But the Bible goes on saying that we should all submit to God. And submission means obedience to God. Submission to God makes a mature man. Submission is a key. In our Christian life. If we don't submit. We we'll remain immature Christians. If we submit to God. We will mature. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands. Ye sinners. And purify your hearts. Ye double minded. This is a strong word. James calls some Christians double-minded. You know when they started acting, Shakespeare and others before, they called them actors because they're putting a mask on their face. They had double identities. One behind the mask and one... You could see the mask and they were acting and saying things as if they were something else. Christians, we should have only one face. <laughs> Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. Draw nigh to God. If we draw nigh to God, His 
face will be on our face. We'll look like Him. When the disciples were preaching, the people realized that they were different than the others. And they didn't know exactly what was about them. But somebody said, I think they were with Jesus. Why? Because they look and they speak like Jesus. I wonder what would you know, people say about you. If they were to look at you and listen to you. I believe this man was with Jesus. I believe this woman was with Jesus. Or I don't think he was with Jesus. Because he doesn't look like Jesus. He doesn't act like Jesus. She doesn't look like Jesus. She doesn't act like Jesus. She doesn't speak. He doesn't speak like Jesus. Draw nigh to God. And he will draw nigh to you. What is seen in this do-it-yourself lifestyle of Christianity? We see that there is a lack of submission to God. Verse 15. For that he ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now he rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicings. Is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. An immature lifestyle means failure in acknowledging God in our plans. It means rejoicing in your boastings. Rejoice in the Lord always. There are Christians who rejoice in their boastings. Is this rejoicing good? We see happy people around us, but that's just a mask. <laughs> the real joy, the real rejoicing is in the Lord. Not in boasting, not in our plans, but in the Lord. An immature Christian will admit to do good because his own self is in the way. His plan is to attain whatever is good for themselves. Remember when Jesus came down to this earth? He didn't come for himself. He, he wasn't born in a palace. He, even if he had royal blood, he was God. He was king of kings and lord of lords. And he is still the king of kings and lord of lords. But he came down to, to be born in a manger. Among animals. They, they didn't have a heating system. You know, back in, in those days. So I think the temperature wasn't that you know, good. But still, God used the animals to warm up the manger. And there was no professional singers to, to praise Him. But there were some shepherds that came to Him. 
There were some Magis that brought some, some gifts. He didn't live in a palace. He, he lived his life in a carpenter's shop. I know here in England, whenever you go somewhere, they ask for your title. They want to know exactly your title. <laughs> because there are different titles here. Starting with royal, down to lord, and others, you know. Ending with Mr., Mrs., and Miss. <laughs> there are royal blood here. Jesus had royal blood, but he was born in a manger, raised in the carpenter's shop. He didn't come here to get some praise, to live a high style life. He came here to humble himself before his creature, before all of us. And yet, we like to boast about our family, about our origin, about our education, about our title, about our salvation, about our good deeds. When everything we have comes from the Lord, and to Him be the glory. He deserves the glory for what we have. He deserves the glory. But you see, in order to get to this point where you praise God for everything, we need to grow. And first of all, we need to submit to the Lord. Forget about this lifestyle that is all about me, about doing everything for me, and accept this life full of sacrifices where I do everything for the Lord. Regardless if it's easy or difficult, I accept this because He accepted me first. Even if I, not, I was not a royal, He accepted me in His family. And even if you are not a royal today, and you are not saved, God, wants to accept you in his family. But you need to submit yourself to him. You need to repent of your sin. And you need to put your trust in Jesus Christ. And once you do that, you will be his child. And after you do that, you have to submit. Still submit your life to God. And grow in the Lord. And mature yourself so you can walk by faith, not by sight. A mature Christian walks by faith. Sight is only for the immature. Sight is only for those who don't believe. But faith is what God requires from us. Live by faith. May the Lord help us to give ourselves to God and walk by faith in the future. Not only today, but tomorrow, after tomorrow. 
And until the Lord comes back, may the Lord help us to walk through faith. And if you are not God's own property, if you are not God's child, don't leave this place here like that. God still loves you and He wants you. And God made the greatest sacrifice for you. Let's bow our heads in prayer. I don't know you, but God knows you. I don't know your heart, but God does. You heard about carols, about people going caroling, going to let other people know about Jesus. Yes, Jesus came into this world, but he didn't come here to be a king on this earth. He came here to seek you and to save you from your sins and save you from an eternity away from him. Our sins send us to hell. But God wants you and I to go to heaven. And the only way to go there is through Jesus Christ. Why won't you put your trust in Jesus Christ today? And you, Christian, if you don't look like Jesus, if you don't act like Jesus, if you don't speak like Jesus, why don't you make your mind today and ask the Lord to give you strength and power and diligence to draw nigh to God and be more like Him Every day, more like Him. And make your mind today that you and I will live by faith, not by sight. And we'll live like a peculiar people, like a people that belongs to God. Lord, we come before Thee at the end of this service. And we thank You for the Word of God that is a lamp for us, a light on our paths. Lord, I pray for those that are here and don't know you as their personal Savior. Help them to realize they are sinners and their sin will send them to hell. And hell is a real place. And if it was not a real place, Jesus would not have come to die for us. Help them to place their trust in Jesus Christ and be saved today, this moment. And help the Christians here, including me, Lord, to mature, to grow up, to draw nigh to God, and be more like Jesus every day more and more in our acting, in our talking, 
in all we do, in our actions, everything, be more like Jesus. We need your help. We need your blessings today. We need your grace. I thank you and praise you. For in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you.